0: a good way to know ourselves this morning as God's. I got a question for you. Who here doesn't want to be healthy? I mean we we all do, right? We all want to be healthy. So we diet and exercise or you know whatever it is that we might do to be healthy. As United Methodist pastors, every year we have an annual physical checkup that we're required to get you know um, give lots of blood and they run lots of tests and I just recently got my results uh-huh these are private <laughs> waist circumference and all of those numbers you know um, and then they have the little thing in there that gives you the dial and it's either in the green or it's in the red and to be getting more in the red as time passes. I don't know what that means, and I don't know how tailored this was supposed to be with a middle-aged man clearly exercising on the front of it. But um, but I got my results, and um, and I read it, and it's helpful, right? I mean, it is. It sort of gives you a snapshot of where you're at physically, and um, and then gives you some tips about okay, if there's places and ways to do better, and uh, be healthier, and. And the truth is, we all want to be healthy, and and this effort is, uh, I appreciate, because it's an effort in, what, preventative medicine, right, like preventative care, Uh, proactive rather than reactive, right, not waiting until something goes horribly wrong, but trying to get at it now and just maintain a healthier uh, body. And being healthy is important, because, you know, we, we feel good about ourselves, and Function and be our most productive self. Be the best me I can be right when you're healthy. And, and being healthy means not just physically, but emotionally, mentally, spiritually, healthy all the way around. And so for the next three Sundays, uh, the, the gist of the messages is we'll all be around Having a healthy faith. What does it mean for us to have a healthy faith? And so the way we're going to come at that from Scripture is to consider it in three ways. One is having a healthy self-image. Two is having healthy motivations for living. And then three is a healthy lifestyle. And all of it so that we would have a healthy faith, not just for us, individually, personally, like this. Uh, but the reason that our insurance company requires us to do this is so that as a pool of insureds, right, as Methodist clergy, that we're healthy. And um, so there's not, it's not just individual health, but it's also collective, corporate health. Our health together as a church. So when it comes to self-image... Just a thought. How do you see yourself? Quite literally a reflective moment, if you will. How do you see yourself? I'm going to offer up in just a minute a passage of scripture that I think is a wonderful mirror. For us to see ourselves. And I'm going to read it from the message translation. So just real quick about biblical translations, right? There are a bunch. Everything from the King James Version to the Common English Version and all parts in between. But I want to read particularly from the message translation over the next three Sundays. And um, I'm fond of it. I'm a fan. It was um, primarily written by a guy named Eugene Peterson, a Presbyterian pastor. Uh, And he really set out to understand the Bible, teach it, share it with people in a language they could get. And so it's very readable by design. He uses a lot of common English, modern common English language. Um, And if you will, most Bible translations uh, sort of go on a scale of being um, literal like word-for-word translations, trying to get the word exactly right from the original Greek or Hebrew all the way to being more sort of metaphorical uh, and and just getting the, the idea, the concept, however you can. And so they sort of range on that scale. And the message is certainly more on the end of, you know, giving you the concepts, the ideas, the images, rather than necessarily being true to the words That were originally written. Maybe you don't care or maybe that was a little bit deeper than you wanted to dive this morning into the different Bibles, but they're out there and it matters and it's helpful to know that. And I also find it helpful to read different translations because they give you a more holistic picture maybe of what was being communicated and what's being communicated now. Typically in here I would read from the Common English Bible, which is a little bit more on the other end of the scale in terms of trying to be a little more true to the original language. But for the next three weeks we're going to read the Message translation. And it reads like a conversation. It reads like somebody just talking, which I like. And if we're going to have a look at ourselves, maybe it's nice to do it that way. Like we're just having a chat. All right, so this is Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 through 10. And we're going to put it on the screen as I read it out loud. And as I read it and you follow along, I invite you just to read it like a mirror. See yourself. Consider how do you see yourself? And this is what it says. Instead, so we'll get back to that. Instead, immense in mercy and with an incredible love, God embraces us. He took our sin-dead lives And made us alive in Christ. He did all this on his own with no help from us. Then he picked us up and set us down in highest heaven in company with Jesus, our Messiah. Now, God has us where he wants us. With all the time in the world and the next to shower grace and kindness upon us in Christ Jesus. Saving is all his idea and all his work. All we do is trust him enough to let him do it. It's God's gift from start to finish. We don't play the major role. If we did, we'd probably go around bragging that we'd done the whole thing. No, we neither make nor save ourselves. God does both the making and saving. He creates each of us by Christ Jesus to join him in the work he does, the good work he has gotten ready for us to do, work we had better be doing. How do you see yourself? What, literally, how do you see yourself? Do you look in a mirror? Do <laughs> you look at a uh, annual health report? Do you look at yourself? Ooh. When do you look at the mirror? Brushing your teeth? Combing your hair, if you got it? Maybe doing your makeup or getting dressed? As little as you possibly have to. I was thinking about that for myself and how little I look in the mirror and on purpose. You know what? I, then I thought, like, uh, how often do we ever, just go with me on this, listen in the mirror? And I think what I mean by that is, how often do we ever be still? and quiet enough to reflect on who we are, whose we are. I don't know about you and your life and your rhythm and your patterns and your habits and your preferences, but I know generally speaking, we live in a busy world and a busy society and something gets turned on as soon as we wake up, maybe you've got it automatic so that it comes on and it doesn't get turned off until we close our eyes to go to bed. I think there's a potential to live in a rhythm of life where we never look in the mirror or listen in the mirror and take any time to reflect on who we are and our own self-image, how we understand who we are, how we know that What is our identity? Because when you do, when you slow down enough to do that, maybe you start asking yourself questions like, you know, how do I feel? You want to take just a second? Get past all the other business of life and everything that you got going on that's probably running through your head even right now. And give just a second with God. How do you feel? How do you look? How do you look like you feel? I'm gonna be honest, tired a lot of times. How do you see yourself? I can tell you what doesn't help, social media, could, grief. there's no way the world is that amazing for everybody else but me. But somehow on Facebook and Instagram, even Twitter, it is. I and this okay? You've probably had this experience. I got to say, I had a friend, uh, my wife Kristen and I were having a conversation with this couple we're friends with, and they've got kids, we have got kids, and we're just talking about life and all that. And um, Kristen commented on a picture that she, the wife, had posted on Instagram. Uh, their family had gone out on a trail for exercise, and the picture was of the dad on his bicycle and the daughter running. And, you know, she posted this picture of the two of them, and she's like, oh, family, exercise day, you know, it's a great day to be outside, yada, yada, and it just looks so great. And it left me thinking, well, we didn't go ride bikes or go running today, you know. But we were talking with them, and it was probably a week later after they posted, and Kristen said something about the picture they had posted, and the wife, she said, let me tell you (laughs) about what that trip was like. I got there late. I didn't have everything I needed to have to wear to exercise, so I was just hoofing it on my bike, doing the best I could. Our daughter did not want to be out there running. She was yelling at her dad the whole time as he rode along beside her on his bicycle. And then she said, I got close enough, and she turned around and yelled at me too. And I was like, it wasn't even my idea for us to go do this. And we survived it and went home, but the picture that went up on Instagram. was the dad and daughter just out, you know, having a good old. And no, that's not a criticism of them. I've done it. You've done it. Everybody. How do you see yourself? And I, I think that pressure and expectation that we perceive out of what people are sharing does us no favors. And how we see ourselves in who we are. I've also been reading something about the research that's being done on the effect of the pandemic on people's personalities and self-image and understanding of who they are because of the isolation and the distance that we've had from each other for so long that we haven't been able to interact and socialize and what you gain from each other by being together and how that's good for your personality, but then when you're isolated and alone, the Effects the negative impacts that that can have on you and how you perceive yourself. I think this concept of what does it mean to be healthy and to have a healthy self-image as a part of our faith is important right now. And this passage of Scripture, Ephesians 2, is a wonderful mirror for us to look in to see ourselves and to help answer the question, how do I see myself? Because what Ephesians 2 says about you, well, it starts with instead. <laughs> so I, and I said we'd come back to that. So if you went and read the first few verses of that chapter, you'd see where the writer says, there was a time where you lived in sin. You just lived according to your whims or whatever the world told you. But not anymore. When you know Christ, life is different. And he says, instead, and then he paints this picture of who you are as a child of God. Embraced by God. God's love and mercy. Made alive. Made to live with Christ. Lifted up and placed in the highest heavens with Jesus. God has us right where God Wants us. We have been reconnected. By the power of Jesus Christ. To our original birth identity. Genesis 1 says. God created humankind in God's image. Imago Dei. In the image of God. You were created. In the divine image of God. That was breathed into you. When you breathed your first breath. In fact, for all of humanity. This is who we are. God's divine image on earth. This is who you are. And in Christ, we've been reconnected with that. Reconnected with the deepest sense of who we are in Jesus. Who God made us to be. And that's you. God did that. God made you who you are. You didn't do that. Not only did God do that, God redeemed you, saved you by the power of Jesus Christ, gave you new life, made you alive, set you in the highest heavens, claimed you as God's own, turned you loose on the world to do amazing things for the kingdom of God. This is who you are, saved, restored, redeemed by Jesus Christ. If anybody has told you anything different, that is not of God. If anybody has condemned you, criticized you, put you down, forgive us, Lord, if anybody's done that in the name of God, told you you're unworthy or you don't belong or you're not enough or there's something wrong with you. That is not of God. Look in the mirror that God has put in front of you and see that you are God's child, beloved, holy. and You belong to God. No matter what social media tells you, or anybody else for that matter, hear God claiming you today as God's own. And the other part of this passage of scripture that I I think is worth some time is the fact that the writer talks about us. It's plural. It's we. It's not just you or me. We have been redeemed by God. We have been set up in the highest heavens. There's something about having a good, healthy self image as a congregation, as a church. And I'll say, particularly coming out of this season of distancing, of this pandemic, for us to look around and see each other, kind of like we would look in the mirror. And take a minute that we would look to and with each other and have a healthy self-image of who we are as a church, as a community of faith. We run the same risks on social media with our church, with us as a group, as we do individually, right, as uh, we did with our family and our friends who were out biking and running on the trail. But we can easily look at some other church and go, well, golly, look look at what that church said that they were doing. Or, you know, look, look what they've got over there. And we can get caught in that same trap. And yet that's not who we are, this is who we are. Well, we'll put with us the folks that will be in here at 11. And the folks who are somewhere because it's fall break and, and they had the opportunity to take a trip. But this is who we are. This is who God made us to be. I don't know Why? That's not my call. That's not your call. It's God's call. Somewhere in God's wisdom, God threw us in here together. In Shambly. In this moment, in this season. And so you are my church. Right here. Right now. And it's good for us to see ourselves that way. And then in this mirror, we see this is who god made you to be. Now I'm going to change translations out of the message for a second because I, I love the last verse verse 10 how it's uh, written in some other translations because it says god created us in Christ Jesus to live this life, to be alive. Other translations say we are god's handiwork or god's craftsmanship, another translation says. I just I like that. We're God's handiwork. You are God's handiwork. Some translations say God's accomplishment. Do you hear that this morning? You are God's accomplishment. That matters. And that's not you. You didn't do that. You didn't earn that. You didn't make that happen. You can't earn that or deserve that or make that happen. It's not about that at all. It is God. God who created you. God who redeemed and saved you. You are God's accomplishment. You do me a favor. Look to somebody. Now, some of y'all got a little distance in between you, but you're just going to have to make it work. Look to somebody and say, You are God's accomplishment. Would you please? This is a mirror exercise. Yeah, point at them if you need to. You are God's accomplishment. Did you say it to somebody? At least one person? Did Did at least one person say it to you? Did anybody not have somebody tell you that you are God's accomplishment? Because you are. You are God's accomplishment. And if we're going to set out to live a life of a healthy faith, we know first our image of who we are as the accomplishment of God. And not just for us, personally, individually, although that is exactly what it's saying. Again, the same is true for us as a church. We, Shambly United Methodist Church, in this moment, in this season, we are God's accomplishment. What a way to walk around. What a way to live life, to hold your head up high. God has done something amazing in you through you and with you and is still doing it. You're going to hear over the next couple of weeks in here on Sunday morning, you're going to get it in the emails. You're going to hear about some of the things that this church is doing to live that out, to be God's accomplishment together. I've mentioned before that all the staff of the church and everybody who leads in any ministry area has been putting together a list of here's the ways that people can participate and be a part of it. You're going to start seeing that come out. With an invitation for you to find a place, a way that you want to be a part of that, God's accomplishment at Shambly Methodist. You've also heard the invitation to contribute financially to be a part of funding the ministry of the church. And we're going to be looking toward next year's budget over the next few weeks. And so you're going to hear an invitation. If you will go ahead and say, Here's what I plan to give towards the work of the church at Shambly next year, that helps the leadership of the church make plans for a budget. You're going to hear that invitation. Hear an invitation from me right now for next Sunday during the Sunday school hour. The people who are responsible for the facilities are taking a walk around the church, our trustees, during the Sunday school hour next Sunday just to have a look and see what needs some tending to care. If you in any way would want to be a part of helping to make this place look the best it can, to be a place for ministry in our community next Sunday in Sunday school hour, Scott, where do they need to meet you? Where do they need to meet you next Sunday? All right, right up here in the atrium, next Sunday at 10 o'clock, you heard a personal invitation from the chair of our trustees. You are God's accomplishment. You, Shambly Methodist, you are God's accomplishment now. And God is inviting us to live into that and has given us all kinds of ways to do so. I pray that you go out of here today knowing that about you. And I want to ask you to make that a prayer with me together. We're going to pray. Musicians are going to come back up and they'll lead us another song after we pray. But you had an opportunity to tell somebody that they are God's accomplishment and somebody told it to you. Do you hear that? Just straight talk, like like the message translation. This world comes with so much pressure, so many expectations, so many criticisms, so many lies and half truths, distortions about who we are, who you are, who we are together. Jesus Christ, God cuts through all of that to tell you who you are, to show you who you are as God's handiwork God's accomplishment hear that for yourself today hear that for your church today Hear that for your community today. although oh, we would hear it for our world today. That we are God's handiwork. We are God's accomplishment. God, we are so thankful that you created us in your image. And that in Christ... You have restored us to that image that you are restoring us to your image. God, we are thankful that we don't do that alone, but we do that together. We live into that with each other, that we are becoming the church that you created us to be. Oh, God, thank you for the person that looked us in the eye this morning and reminded us that we are God's accomplishment. I thank you for the privilege to look someone in the eye and remind them that they are God's accomplishment. God, I pray that every time we look in a mirror this week, that's what we'll see. God, by your spirit, would you put that in us that every time we look in a mirror, we will hear you say that we are your accomplishment, your handiwork, your creation. That we are loved, beautiful and whole. God, may we hear your call, your invitation to live into that, to live into that together. To be your church for Shambly today.